Hey, welcome to Hey Aspa. Welcome. Well, hey there. Chum? Buddy? Parker? Chim Chim Cherie? Buckaroo? Uh, little, little snack, little Debbie snack cake? Little, little cosmic brownie? Little, <laughs> little, uh, little, little nutty buddy? Little cream pie? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Are we, all, are we all just cream pies walking around? Little, little, little oh. cream pie? Pecan roll, little, uh, little pecan swirl. How are we just gonna list little, uh, snack cakes? Little, little Swiss cake roll. Little hostess, falls off. hostess fruit pie. Little moon pie. So named because mm. it doesn't have any freaking fruit in it. Mm. That's <laughs> little fig newtons. You know how I feel about a hostess fruit pie with no fruit, negatively. Yeah, that's just puff mm-hmm. pastry, right? Or not even pastry, puff pastry. It's 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 pastry, it's pie pastry, it's a, and I. It's a facsimile of pastry. I do mean that in the loosest sense of the word, and then in addition to that, you get a like, okay, imagine something sweet, maybe a hint of cinnamon, the texture of snot. Yeah, <laughs> like, that sounds about right. In a pie, and not like mm. normal snot, but like snot when you've been sick. Mm. You know. That comes out green and disgusting. This episode of Hey Ass Bud brought to you by Hostess Fruit Pies. <laughs> Hostess Fruit Pies. We used to advertise in in comics, and now we're advertising in not just kidding. We don't in make podcasts. any money from Hostess or their disgusting fruit pies. But if they came knocking on our door, we would not say no. Oh, I'm not oh, too yeah. good for Fine. them. Not at yeah, all. Not I, at all. I, I would sell out for any oh. Hostess product. Oh, my God. Immediately would suddenly be like, mmm, <laughs> delicious. You know what's really good at fighting crime and the supernatural? A delicious Hostess cream pie. Fruit pie. Hell yeah. I'd take a Hostess cream pie over a fruit pie. That's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Do they yeah. make cream pies? I know they make the chocolate cupcake with the mm-hmm. with the cream, with the cream inside of it. You know what? I think that counts. I'm gonna go ahead and call it now. Hostess, Hostess chocolate cupcake with the cream inside of it. I don't remember what you're officially called. It's just called a chocolate cupcake. You're valid. You matter, and you're a cream pie. God, I love those cupcakes. <sighs> you ever had a zinger? Oh yeah, Ugh. it's like it's like those cupcakes in a bar form. Yeah. Fuck yeah, they they fucking slap. There's an it's orange great. kind. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Sometimes with the zingers, I like to peel the icing off in one piece, yeah. and then I eat the cake, and then I eat the icing all in one go. And it's like a it's like when you lick the Oreo first, but the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not hear my noises of distress? We don't Everything care. you're saying is horrifying to me. First really? Yeah, you I were know. talking about snot fruit pies a second ago, yeah. and now you're grossed out? Fuck right the fuck off. In derision, <laughs> I was talking about them as a bad thing. Y'all are like, mm, you know what I love? Hard icing. Yeah, icing. Yeah. Stale yeah. icing. It's like a good night. I, I love that... <laughs> That room temp solidified icing. Like a ganache. Benjamin. Damn. <laughs> like a ganache? Like a ganache. I think it's yep. ganache. 
<laughs> it sure does ganache. Not. <laughs> it sure does ganache. Yeah. <laughs> It's a you can go joke, fuck yourself. But I did get there. You know what? I'll do it with a singer because those things solid as a rock. Fucking a. That one got me through my last divorce. I could your last divorce. Oh, whatever. Your first. I'm just kidding. I could prop a door open with a singer. Hell yeah. Hell I could, yeah. I could stop a like. I could stop a car. Not like a like a car in motion, mm-hmm. but if I like, you know, was on an incline and I needed something to put under the wheel, give me four zingers. I've got it settled. <laughs> I could no, kill no. a man with a zinger. I could break him yeah, to death <laughs> with a zinger alone. With not Zings but a zinger. <laughs> uh, I'll fuck with a honey honey bun though. Those are good. Oh. Yeah. That you ever had a? Because that's good. N- I think both of them. Yeah. There's a a chocolate covered honey bun that kind of slaps. Oh Ooh, yeah. The I like the regular iced honey bun too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll uh. I will say though, Little mm. Debbie vastly superior to Hostess. Yeah, you're not wrong. For two to five reasons. Mm-hmm. One. Cream pies. Cream pies. Two, they don't make hostess fruit pies. That's a hostess <laughs> thing. <laughs> that is a hostess thing. <laughs> Three, they don't make zingers. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> or anything even approaching a zinger. Um, and four, I don't know. It's just something about like the. I mean, you got the cosmic brownie. Star Crunch is delicious. Mm, no. I feel like no. Hold on. Hear Star me Crunch out. Star Crunch's Oh, okay. Mr. <laughs> I enjoy f- fake orange flavor in a also, 28-day-old cake. A, cos- a cosmic brownie that's- and a zinger, that's a lateral. That's a very lateral thing to prefer. Like, they're the same fucking thing, basically. They are, they are absolutely not. First yeah. of all, a cosmic brownie is actually soft. A zinger no, is so stale, it's been taken home from the hospital. It's gotten its first checkup. Like, that's how old it is before it makes it to the grocery store. Every cosmic brownie I've ever had has been rubbery and just the worst texture. Uh, yeah, every... um. And you know what every, that means? That every, means it's uh, ready for picking. Yeah. <laughs> so is my ass. <laughs> yeah, every every Star Crunch I've ever had takes me 10,000 years to chew. Yeah. And you know, that's saying something because I enjoy, I unironically enjoy the candy 100 grand. And yeah. that's, a, that's a chewy fucking candy. And Star oh, Crunches... Are like that times ten. Mm. Okay, so first of all, I just want to say this: a candy that's a, a cookie that is so considerate, it gives you a workout while you eat it. What more could you possibly ask for? You're burning I want a better off tasting snack. the calories required to eat it while you're eating it. Mm. I. Mm. <laughs> what more do you want? Ari, I will. I will. I will. I will raise you a zinger is just an unswirled Swiss roll. Yeah, I fuck with that. Again, how dare you? Not even close. Not even close. First of all, 
the chocolate encasement of a Swiss cake roll mm-hmm. and then put it into the bar shape that is on top of a singer. Yeah. It's the same thing. And coated it yeah. with the most disgusting icing of all time. No, like that's um, no, that's what I'm saying. Like the chocolate on the surrounding part of the Swiss cake roll. If you take that and put that into a bar on top of a zinger, it's the same thing. But here's the thing: on top of a Swiss cake roll, it's so thin, mm-hmm. it practically flakes off. Like that's bing, bing, bang, boom, problem taken care of. But on top of a zinger, it's so thick. Yeah, it's that's so, the that's the good part about it's it. So it's like yeah. like I'm e- eating a zinger Chucky. is like chomping down on a toenail, you know? Oh my yeah. god! Oh, fuck yeah! Oh, like one oh, of them like oh dead toenails. It's like, su- you it's like, like sucking on a big toe. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We've pieced together what this is. Y'all are degenerates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, you a forgot good Christian that. boy, <laughs> would never never have a foot fetish. Oh, I can't believe I forgot that Travis is a furry. Okay, it's all coming together. Now. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! You are don't feel the You are making wild accusations else. now. Damn. It is co- no wonder you prefer li- little Debbie. No wonder you prefer little um, Debbie. You prefer I will little say, Debbie too. Oh, sorry. No wonder you prefer hostess. I will you say, Swiss Swiss rolls in the freezer, a plus. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. You ever put a Swiss roll in the freezer, Ari? Uh, no, because I don't really like oh. frozen cake. But I do oh, no. prefer a Swiss roll to a zinger. For sure, for sure, for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. No question. No, no comments, you don't questions, want it, concerns. If you don't want it that cold, top of the fridge does nicely as well. And it it does basically what it does in the freezer, but you don't get that frozen cake feeling. Honestly, I'm good either way, because a lot of like confections are just so much better if you eat them cold. Okay, so I I I enjoy a frozen cake. That's mm-hmm. like my mom and I's thing. Like we will take a piece of cake and stick it in the fridge. Oh, do y'all did, did y'all get those like Pepperidge Farm cakes that they would have at like? grocery stores and whatnot that you were supposed to keep oh man now we're just talking like leftover birthday cake right out of the fridge so good Mm. so good we're also we were also a pretty big ice cream cake family oh fuck yeah yeah i I, I haven't had ice cream cake in years i may have to fuck around with ice cream cake soon find you a dairy queen and get one man oh man the dairy queen here sucks i'd probably get one at Publix. yeah oh they've got a Publix think so okay make an ice there. cream cake it's stupid easy yeah i mm. could just make an ice cream cake get in. i'll just fucking make <laughs> make a cake and then get some ice cream i don't know that's all it is to make the cake just get an edamins um oh. slice it put ice cream in between it freeze it Kaboom. i said no i think i th- i think here's what i would do is i would get a box cake and then make Make the box cake into two nine-inch round pans, mm-hmm. and then uh, use my spring mold. Put down one layer of cake, then ice cream it up. Put down the second layer of cake, and there we go. And then just like naked frosting style, because I'm not a frosting freak. Um, I am a frosting freak. 
yeah, uh, yeah no nah, i can't <laughs> i can't do i can't do the excessive frosting are you are you the kind of guy where you see a flower on the birthday cake and you're like give me that fucking flower fuck yeah i am i i can't do that shit that's too yeah. much well it's like it's like the olive theory from uh, how i met your mother like i feel like it i'm i know i'm weird in that i like frosting too much but I like if somebody's not gonna eat it, I, like I'm not gonna ask. Like, hey man, are you gonna eat that frosting? No. If it's offered to me, I'd be like, hell yeah, you're my favorite person for the day. Gave me hell that frosting. Yeah. I um, it's like it's like being offered a pickle at the sandwich shop. Yes. It's like if you're on a, if you're on the date and they give you your pickle, you know you found the one. Damn right. Um. And then if you ask for the pickle because you've already eaten yours bad news for you exactly i had i had some pickles today you know what they say pickle a day keeps the doctor away i y'all i do have a problem because i've got like three different jars of pickles in my fridge hold on (laughs) that's not a problem because you need all the you know the different tastes and texture and then you use different types of pickles for different applications that's true i've got well, it's it's two different jars of spears, and then I've got one of those big ass Sam's Club Mount Olive jars of of uh, whole pickles. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, well obviously you need all three of those to for the the pickle wars. Yeah, <laughs> that are coming. Also, I I try to purport this as much as I can. Did you know that pickle juice is great for cramps? Yeah, yeah. got those electrolytes. Damn right. It's also a great chaser. Mm-hmm. Like picklebacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've I never tried pickleback. one just because I like whiskey. So here's what I like to do: vodka, pretty much flavorless, right? I'll make a mm-hmm. vodka, essentially a dirty vodka martini, except I cut out the vermouth, so it's also not a martini, and I don't use <laughs> olives. I use pickle juice, and also it's really just like a shot and a half of vodka, and the rest of the way filled up with pickle juice. So it's less of a martini and more just vodka and pickle juice anyways delicious 10 out of 10 my favorite at-home beverage yeah it's like if james bond was from uh georgia yeah okay yeah i mean yeah exactly yeah hey you pop a pickle on that some bitch you've even got a garnish damn right damn right um and i'm just here to tell you i literally i i looked this up i looked up vodka pickle juice drink and the name of it that came up is dill pickle martini. Um, four and a half ounces of vodka, one and a half ounces of dill pickle juice, uh, two dill pickle spears for garnish, and then uh, shake it up in a cup of ice, mm. and you got you got your you got your dill pickle martini. Yeah, I do it way less complicated with that because I don't have a martini shaker, but that does sound amazing. Um, you know what I have really been craving. Like What's that? sweet and spicy pickles. I need to find a good sweet and Ooh, spicy pickle situation. Yeah, uh, wickles. Yeah. I do love a wickle. But am I buying their bread and Alabama butter chips? Alabama made. Do what? Am I buying their bread? Their butter pickles. Their bread and butter pickles. Is that the I don't know. I need to buy, or do they have like a sweet and spicy specific? Because I'm not. I don't remember. You- I think you do need to buy their bread and butter pickles because they're. I think all of their pickles are spicy, mm-hmm. so the bread and butter would be sweet and spicy. Okay. I might be wrong, but I think that is the correct one to get. What if 
I just pick up several different types of pickles and I do a little taste test. You could do that too. Yeah. I think that might just be what's in my future. You could also hear this. That I just had this idea, so it may need to be tested a little bit. But if you buy a jar of bread and butter pickles and then a can of pickled jalapenos, just yes. pour some of that jalapeno pickle juice mm-hmm. into the bread and butter pickle jar. Mm-hmm. That may get you what you need. Mm-hmm. And then light, like, let it sit for another two days or so. Let it really soak up. I might have to try that. We might, You know what? We're going to see. We're going to see what happens. I'll, I'll test that out and I'll get back to you, Travis. Hell yeah. I may, I may test that out myself as well. Fuck yeah. I so, can't wait to see y'all's experiments. I know. So we had a plan going into this conversation. <laughs> and then we started talking about food. Uh, of course. What a, what a shock. Shock and surprise. Um, Real quick though, do you want to talk about the uh, pussification of video games? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, I have a theory that back circa, like, late 90s, mid-2000s, early 2010s, which I know is a very big Just all over the place. Time period. But I suspect that in an attempt to make video games more palatable to the public to reach a wider market, they started doing... What I call the pussification of video games. Video games got less bloody, less swearing, st- stopped handling such dark subject matter. Now, obviously, this varies from company to company, and there's some games, you know, franchises. Like, obviously, Nintendo was never like, oh, we were going to have that one scene in. The Legend of Zelda, where Link kills a bunch of kids, but we we cut it out because we were worried about, like, no, that never happened. But, like, like Bethesda, Bioware, EA, I think, I think something happened along the way where video games got a little uh, more palatable, maybe a little easier. You know what I mean? Okay, so two things happened, because you're kind of just going. So two things happened. One, Manhunt 2, and the Wii. Uh, The Wii was the greatest selling console of all time. I think one of the newest consoles is about to pass it. Um, But because of, like, how safe and family-friendly a lot of Nintendo games are, I feel like Sony, Xbox, people who make, like, PC games were like, oh, well... This is what's selling super hot right now. How about we focus on that? But then I think that we came out like what 2007 ish. Uh, Manhunt 2 came out, which is like one of the most we'll call it egregious AAA games. There are games that are worse, like your postals, your uh, hatreds, and whatnot. But because of how brutal Manhunt 2 was and how widely available like kids could walk into a GameStop and be like hey I want that I feel like a lot of companies were like we need to stop having this just ultra violence widely available for literally anybody to come and get because I think they were worried about the ESRB doing what the uh, 
God, what was the name of the group in the eighties with music? Where the uh, oh, you're talking about um, the parental advisory label? Yeah, the parental advisory label. Yeah. Yep. I yep. think they were worried about something like that coming about. Mm-hmm. Just because of like, like as attitude era as the '90s was, like sure it was just like. Sega Genesis, very early PlayStation. I mean, nothing on the Nintendo 64 was that bad or that, like, gnarly. But I just think that it's just the natural back and forth of stuff, you know? I think. Yeah. Well, I think some of it, it also comes down to technology. Like, I'd say the first, like, video game violence outrage came with Mortal Kombat. Right, and Mortal Kombat um, and uh, Crusher's Revenge. Yeah, and um, like basically every I want to say generation of consoles has like a video game violence outrage. Like I would say, with like the NES SNES era, it was definitely Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. When you got to uh, N sixty four and PlayStation and Xbox, you had like. GTA 3 mm-hmm. had a big target on its back and then uh, eventually you got into like the Call of Duty games always had some shit going on like I remember there was one year where there was like a child that died in a terrorist attack in a cutscene and everyone was losing their minds about that mm-hmm. um, oh yeah but ultimately I do kind of agree like Video games are mainstream now. Yeah. As much as, like, Redditors don't want to believe that. Like, video games are mainstream, and the internet is mainstream. Yeah. And when something goes mainstream, it does get diluted. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, I think that's just inherent in media. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things happening here, and... We actually, um, it's appropriate that you bring up the internet because this ties into another point. So once something becomes mainstream, the other thing it attracts is uh, advertising agencies Mm -hmm. and large companies who want to buy up um, advertising, branding, whatever in the games, right? Like when video games were still niche and not as popular, it's not like advertising didn't happen in them, but did you really have, you know, Uncharted sponsored by Subway to that extent? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? No. Like, did you have um, this sort of thing? And advertisers have a lot of power. They have a lot of power to influence how sites run. I mean, Hmm. look at TikTok. Gen Z says unalive, which I hate so much, so much. Like, I well, hate the you, word unalive. Yeah, like, I think they hate using it too, but they have to on these platforms. They don't. That's the secret. They actually don't. They don't? No, they don't. It's I mean, a cons- Like, it's... I don't believe hmm. that TikTok suppresses people the way that they say they do. I do think that in some ways, like, if you mention sexual content in some way, 
you're not going to get favored by the algorithm. Mm. And like anytime you post something on the internet, you're playing the lottery. Yeah. Whether you have a following or not, you are playing the lottery on whether or not people are going to watch your content or find your content. And people on TikTok, because of the nature of it, you can have a TikTok get to like millions of likes overnight. And then the rest of your stuff will just keep falling flat because you you had your moment in the algorithm and then it's done. And I think people get upset that they can't replicate consistency like they can on YouTube, which still takes a hell of a lot of luck. Yeah. And um I think people just get upset about not having that consistency when that consistency is never guaranteed in the first place. And so they make up things like having to say words like unalive mm-hmm. to feel like they are in favor to the algorithm. I mean, that's that's my take on it. I uh yeah, I don't know. I will say that I do think advertisers have a lot of power and I do think that there is a desire to kind of um, censor the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see this not only on TikTok, but also on YouTube. I mean, YouTube will flag videos that like are demonetized videos that talk about sex. Um, yeah. Even if it's just like in an educational way or it's just being discussed because it's a video, you know, talking about something that happened in the news, whatever, like even age restricted videos. And um, I think that's because of advertisers. And I think it's because YouTube is trying to appear, you know, family friendly and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And it's wild that they're like YouTube kids thing has failed so insanely Mm -hmm. because i feel like instead of making like youtube kids what they should have done is just made like or tried to figure out a way to make a more adult kind of youtube like a thing that you've got to like like the way facebook used to be where you had to have a college email to be able to make an account like something similar to that extent to be able to make a youtube account or at least like a youtube adult account to make it harder for kids to find stuff. But, because the, the, are y'all familiar with like the YouTube kids conundrum? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, okay. it's it's crazy over it, there. It's crazy and creepy as hell. Well, uh, do you know anything about it, Ari? Um, are you talking about Elsagate? I am talking yeah. basically about Elsagate. Yeah, I heard about Elsagate and that is so insane to me. Like the fact that it was a thing, the fact that all these videos are being made and mm. and that is very terrifying and very weird. Um, so Elsa Gate, for those of you who don't know, basically like there were all these kids videos specifically geared towards children. They had a bunch of popular characters. It's called Elsa Gate because of Elsa from Frozen. And these videos would just seem like normal kids videos, but then would have these characters doing like weird sexual adjacent things yeah grooming-esque shit grooming-esque shit yeah that's a good way to put it like it wasn't like porn but it was like basically like softcore yeah it was weird weird stuff 
and this would just be slipped in like the algorithm would just suggest you know mm-hmm. these videos to kids because it's not a real person um looking at these and all that stuff it's 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 you know a bunch of machines deciding it right yeah this actually kind of reminds me of a tumblr post i saw like a really long time ago and i know i'm absolutely going to butcher this because i didn't save it or anything i just like this is from my memory but basically somebody was talking about how the internet in a weird way was like less appropriate but also safer um back when we were teenagers and they were like i wonder why that is and somebody got out there and they're like when you were coming of age you know 14 15 16 17 18 right when millennials were we could get on chat roulette and see a fully grown man's penis and that's not good no no one's gonna argue that that's good but we didn't have what we have now, which is an algorithm designed to, like, lead people to the most polarizing content possible. Yeah. Like, millennials were not being groomed at a young age, were not being groomed into the alt-right the way that, like, people are now. Hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely... Uh, even 10 years ago, if you, you had to know how to find fucked up shit on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Like it didn't just show up like you on your feed. you had to go to 4chan or yeah. do the deep or, web or whatever. Yeah. Or like best gore. Yeah. Yeah. Or Break the, that com, the, Ebum's World, yeah. the certain parts of Reddit. You could go watch snuff films. I know a lot of lists of for reasons. Yeah. Yeah, because Ben was running those forums, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but you had to you had to seek it out. There wasn't an algorithm pushing it at you. And now, on YouTube, it's very easy to find that stuff. But then people can't say things like "killed" mm-hmm. or talk about sex in a healthy way. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's what I'm talking about when I say like the internet is getting censored in a bad way because it's not mm-hmm. censoring people like. Tucker Carlson, who has white supremacists and KKK leaders watching him to get tips on how to talk to people. It's censoring people who talk about death, which is just a normal human experience. Except not really, maybe, but then it it's it's so widely believed that it is that people a word has entered our lexicon in the dumbest way possible. Yeah, fuck. Like, I hate unalive. I hate mass unaliving in place of genocide. Like, people should be able to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, definitely. I gotta think you should be able to talk about death to a young child. Because it happens. You Absolutely. Yeah. Death, death, is, death is for everyone. It just does not matter how old mm-hmm. you are. It can happen to anybody. It can happen at any time. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So. Anyways. And um, I think video games tie into that. I think as uh, as they've gotten more mainstream, they've um, become easier and also less awesome. 
Yeah. So, and I, I want to clarify that you're talking about a game, like games that probably would have you know, games or even franchises that have in the past had like very, uh, like heavy content in them, like lots of like death or even rape or, um, like talking about genocide mm-hmm. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Eugenics, um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what and I am saying is that the release of Fallout Three, <laughs> when you could no longer kill a child until they became an adult, led to the downfall of civilization. <laughs> um, Bethesda has de- yeah, absolutely both video games and America. Damn you, Todd! Damn you, Todd! Um, fucking this, but yeah, because there is also this rise of like cozy games that are usually like resource management, non combat, uh, like, um, style games that are not edgy, but they're not edgy because they're being censored. I think there's just more people making games like that. Now. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, that's not what I'm talking yeah. about. Like, I love a good cozy game. What I'm saying, okay, so. The best example I can give of this, and actually something that ties into what I was talking about with the whole, um, with the whole, uh, the internet's being censored, but in like the worst way, like Tucker Carlson is able to run free, but then you've got like LGBTQ creators being censored for talking about like sex acts, even if it's in a non-pornographic way, you know? Yeah. Um, no better example I can think of than Bioware's classic fantasy series, Dragon Age. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so Dragon Age Origins comes out in 2010. It is a very serious, very dark, 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 low fantasy world with a bunch of murder and rape and, um, uh, you know, a religious organism, a religious theocracy that uh, imprisons people against their will and makes elves second class citizens. And in a way, everybody in the story is dead. They're dead to the society that they came from. That's why they're perfect people to save the world. Now, I am not saying that Dragon Age Wardens is a good video game because there's a prolific amount of rape in it. Honestly, I think they could have pulled back a little bit on some of the rape that's in Dragon Age Origins, because there is quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what I am saying is that the first game, very dark, very low fantasy world, um, with a bunch of violence and blood, and this very harsh, oppressive system. Game two also has a lot of those elements. Game three is a much softer gentler game experience like you're still dealing with a world ending bad guy situation and the oppressive fantasy catholic church is still there and you're dealing with a war so there's kind of this like and the war concerns like people who have been oppressed and their oppressors who are also being oppressed by the fantasy catholic church but at the same time, it's it doesn't really 
it, it smooths it out. The edges are smoothed out. Simultaneously, you, the player character, are running an organization that is a nightmare politically. Because it is an inquisition that is beholden to no sovereign nation, runs mostly in two sovereign nations, but does not answer to any government or outside, um, like, force or, or, you know, independent party that can watch them, has its own private army, um, is based in, like, like, has a cult religious leader, kind of, and then goes around and, like, manipulates people into becoming emperors and stuff. It's a very dark political story, but the story itself has a very lighthearted backdrop, so you don't necessarily get that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying, like, cozy games are bad or the downfall of video games. Maybe those two things well, are... Well, I, I, I only brought that up because some people... There are people out there that think that cozy games is the downfall of video games. Oh, no, that's <laughs> so. I just had I just had to like throw it out there and defend. I love I love my cozy games too. Oh yeah, me too. I love Stardew Valley. Like, I, I've been playing Animal Crossing since day one. I would actually consider um, Breath of the Wild to be kind of a cozy game. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely has a lot of cozy game elements, and I love Breath of the Wild. I just picked up Spirit Fair. Love Spirit Fair so far. Um, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, like, I do think games have become easier, and I think that maybe that's, like, part of cozy games being a thing. And I don't even necessarily think the pussification of video games is a bad thing, like, necessarily. I think it just kind of depends on your preference. Do you want no. incredibly dif difficult video games with a bunch of dark themes? Not all the time. Not, yeah, not every day. Not all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I want to chill we, out. Yeah, we can't all play Dark Souls two every single day. Yeah, exactly. I feel attacked. So, and I don't even know that these two things are connected. I just think they're interesting to talk about. Although I do hate the oh, censorship yeah, of sure. the internet, but that's not because of cozy yeah. games. So I've got uh, video. Ga I've got VG charts pulled up, looking at game sales for drag games with the dragon in the name, apparently. Uh, let's see. The first game is just Dragon Age, right? Uh, Dragon Age Origins, but it might show up as Dragon Age because when it came out, I think it was called Dragon Age. Okay, so the, that one has 11.2 million shipped. You've got... Let's see. Dragon Age 2 has 2 million shipped. Dragon Age Inquisition has 6 million shipped. And then you've got, I think, like a newer version of Dragon Age Origins at 3.2. Oh, well, then I stand corrected. Uh, I don't know. Because, like, I was going to make a joke and be like, I think people just realized that the Dragon Age games were bad. Uh, impossible. <laughs> Dragon Age Origins is amazing. <laughs> then why don't I play them, Ari? Um, I don't know. You have bad taste. I don't know what to tell you, Ben. <laughs> maybe, maybe your taste is bad. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's a possibility. Um, Dragon Age Origins is amazing. It is honestly, I will say I'm not completely shocked to hear that because Dragon Age Origins was a huge hit when it came out because it is an yeah. amazing game. And as we all know, 
video game reviewers and gamers exclusively excellent taste. And then Dragon Age 2 was made in just an insane amount of crunch time and definitely is considered the like fall of this like just not a very good follow-up although I personally love it and it is my personal favorite of the three and then Dragon Age Inquisition was a return to form and I thought it was the most popular out of the three of them because I meet a lot more people who have only played Inquisition and not played Origins or two when it says ship, does it mean like physical copies of games that have been shipped out or does that include PC sales? I think that just means like, I think shipped is just sold. Okay. I don't really fuck around with the site a whole lot. Let's see. Highest selling games by, let's, well, that's just a fucking, let's see. I mean, that list sort of makes sense. But yeah. I doubt. Let's see. Let's see what Wikipedia has to say. This is what happens when you don't have hardcore things to back you up. Do you mean like hardcore subject matter? Or do you mean like hardcore fans? Uh, I meant like data. <laughs> oh, here, here we yeah. go. Okay, Dragon Age Origins top Steam sales on November tenth, two thousand nine. Let's see, approximately three six two or three hundred sixty two thousand one hundred. But that's on that day. We're not talking about like future sales after that. Damn. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of games for two thousand nine. That is a lot of games. Yeah. Well, I stand corrected. Never mind. I scrapped mm. my whole theory. Just kidding. I still think I'm kind of right. You are kind of right. I mean, any like. I feel like, because you're still saying that the subject matter got toned down as the games came out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think the sales kind of show that. And I do think that video games have become easier. Yeah. Like. Yes. I mean, look at, you've got, you've got Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. You've got Bloodborne, which is arguably easier than Dark Souls games. Still a fun-ass game. It's just faster and more fun albeit easier and then elden ring a lot of people are saying is the easiest FromSoft game that they've played and that's a very fair assessment there's bosses that will like kick the shit out of you but on the whole yeah it's an easier game well and also just like even looking outside of franchises i mean you definitely have games that like are hard and honestly mm. are just like how it is like you get the game it's at that level of difficulty and that's what's happening right but then you've got like like um you know nowadays i feel like you have like specifically hard games and everybody knows they're difficult and like for not for newbies whereas Hmm. back in the day i don't know like i've played some of these older games and i'm just constantly getting my fucking ass kicked um i mean look at the fallout series yeah Fallout 1 and 2 is just, like, famously a very, very, very difficult game. I saw the best take about the Fallout games either yesterday or today. It was like, if, like if you want to be right about Fallout games, just play the first one and then say it's the best one because no one's going to argue because no one's played the first one. Uh, correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Except for me, the only and person me. who's played yeah. all Fallout games. And Tomato Anus. And... Tomato anus and 
somebody else who said something, but I can't remember um, their name. Oh, Travis. Right, Travis just said yeah. <laughs> Fallout 1. Um, have you played Fallout 2 yet, Travis? I've not played Fallout oh. 2 because I said I wasn't going to play Fallout 2 until I finished Fallout 1, and guess what? Oh, oh I guess you technically haven't played Fallout 1 because you haven't finished it yet. I am still the I, only person in the world who's played all the Fallout games. And yes, I don't know what it is about Fallout 1 specifically, but anytime I start up Fallout, I have this compulsion to start a new character and basically do like permadeath runs. And that's What? That's a that's a hurdle I'm imposing on myself yeah. for no reason. For Fallout Neslox over here. For Fallout 1. Like yeah hey buddy do not do that for fallout one hey the last run i did i got all the way to the boneyard without dying <laughs> not the not the boneyard the uh necropolis i got all the way to necropolis without dying Good for you but that's not and then i and then i got killed by super mutants <laughs> yeah they're very difficult to beat in that game <coughs> hey man um don't do that for fallout one <laughs> do that for fallout three do that for I I, I I i thought about doing a stream where i do permadeath runs of fallout but every um every build the the chat gets to choose like my special stats <laughs> I think that would be fun. Like that would be fun. I like that quite a bit. I think you should try to get through Fallout 1. And then I think you should play New Vegas again. That's my advice yeah, to you. Yeah, I, um, I finished New Vegas again recently. Nice. And I've trying to been like... I've trying to have be doing like new experiences but like splatoon 3 came out last week and that's basically been what i've been doing and you're busy it it it, it came out a week ago and i already have 70 hours in it mm -hmm. um so that's just that's the life i'm living right now that. oh yeah all right well i support you in your endeavors mazel tov Lion. Good luck. Thank right. you. Uh, are you guys ready to talk about the episode? Hell yeah. I've, yeah, I guess so. I've been ready to talk about this episode for a hot minute, yeah. to be honest with you. I'm pretty excited to talk about this episode. Uh, Travis, yeah. this episode is called Ask Jeeves. What is it about? Oh, God. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Sam and Dean decide to become they they take a job in Silicon Valley okay. and and they decide to invest all of their stolen money into crypto. Hell yeah. And then they buy an NFT they First, they start by buying NFTs, okay. and then they make an NFT uh -huh. of Bobby, and it sells for, like, 
12,000 Ethereum. Okay. <laughs> Good for them. And then they use all that Ethereum money that they they used they got selling the Bobby NFT oh. and buy and then they buy Google and rename it to Ask Jeeves in honor of the original Ask Jeeves. Jeepers. Oh hell yeah. I really hope that that doesn't happen this episode. <laughs> I hope that everything you described goes down in a fire. Well, okay. we'll have to watch it to and find that's out. That's how I really feel about that. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. All right. Y'all want to keep going? Yeah, um, let's do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dope. Let's do it. And we're back. Okay. Um. First of all, I want to say that I lately I've been in like a murder mystery mood. I have been rewatching Psych, and nice. I've been like itching to watch Clue again. And this episode kind of scratched that itch a little bit. Oh yeah. Um. I love I love a good like bottle episode murder mystery. I really liked this episode, and can we talk about the fact that? Uh, Bobby wanted to kill a baby. Um, I'm pretty sure every one of our supernatural protagonists has had the mission of killing a baby at least once yeah. throughout the run of this show. I'm going to say this. A lot of, a weird amount of baby death for the protagonists of this show. Like, the good guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> they haven't done it yet. But at this point, is it only a matter of time? Yeah. Yeah. They, um, maybe, maybe they'll go where Todd Howard will never. <laughs> maybe. Really? You think there's not we a, guess, Todd. not a single Bethesda game where you can't kill a kid? Um, well, so Bethesda didn't own Fallout when you could kill kids. No, I knew, I know yeah, that. Okay. But I'm saying, like, you can't kill a kid in any of the, uh... No. Really? That's a shame. Yeah. In any of the what? Any of the bio... Uh, the, um... Not Bioware. Oh, my God. I know you can kill a kid in Bioware games. Um... Hmm. Dread... Elder Scrolls? There we go. With mods. No. Oh, well, yeah, I know there's mods, but I ain't counting that. Yeah. Exactly. Like it has to have been shipped with the ability to kill. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. If I can't oh, kill no. a kid in the vanilla game, then it I ain't interested. Oh no, that would get you like an immediate AO, which no game no publisher's gonna put out a game with that on it. The pussification of video games strikes again. Um Yeah. It's been a thing since the nineties though. Yeah. Ever since Thrill Kill, the one game to have an AO. But yeah, I gotta say, I really liked this episode. I love a good really? murder. Yeah, I really did. I like a good murder mystery setup, and this is like classic Agatha Christie. Oh yeah, right. and I I liked the return of normal shapeshifters. Yeah, me too. I mean, I do think this episode has a very dark undercurrent, which is to say, um, 
I do think it's kind of weird that, uh, like, Bobby was just like, okay, you can keep your shapeshifter daughter, but you have to lock her in an addict, an addict, an attic, which I guess isn't, like, weird considering what we know about hunters and how just completely shitty they are to monsters, you know? Mm, yeah. But maybe, I don't know, maybe this girl wouldn't have grown up to murder people if she had been treated with, you know... Humanity? Y- yeah, he not been forced to be locked in an attic mm. her whole life only coming out once her mother died and the butler you know was like alright you can be a servant I just think it's you know it's kind of shitty it's another another type of monster that we see that just has the worst the absolute worst um fate and part of it is out of their control also come on she only killed rich people they deserve to die yeah, yeah. for real the, she everyone should have made it out well she should have been the only person making it out of this episode alive exactly come on they were all like super snooty and terrible she was cute and she didn't See, that... mean to kill clown college colette <laughs> it was an accident so when did you know it wasn't a ghost? Um, I knew it wasn't a ghost after the second murder. Oh, when Lance showed up? Yeah. But the shapeshifter twist did surprise me. Mostly because we haven't seen shapeshifters in so long. Yeah, it has been yeah. a minute. So it was more of like... <laughs> Misunderstood, like basically a misrepresentation in the meta of the show versus an actual plot twist reveal. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I knew it wasn't a ghost by the second murder. I knew that um, Olivia had was the one doing the murdering pretty much five minutes in. Oh, oh really? The minute that bathroom crack happened, I was like, Olivia's the murderer. Now, I have seen this episode before, so maybe it was, like, my memory being dredged up. But honestly, I could not remember how it ended, other than I knew Olivia was the murderer. Mm, okay. Pretty much immediately. I didn't yeah. know, I didn't clock that she was a shapeshifter. I thought for some reason she'd maybe, like, trapped the ghost and was forcing it to do its will. Her will. Or something. Or, like, was a witch. That would be pretty good, too. Um... And was maybe taking, like, the equivalent of a polyjuice potion or something. Uh, right. But, yeah, no. I don't know. I liked it. I liked this episode. Thought it kind of had a fucked up undercurrent. But isn't that just a normal episode of Supernatural? Isn't that just, like, kind of what to expect at this point? See, this is where we differ in opinions. Because this episode to me really felt like a season eight episode. Like mm. it didn't feel good. I didn't like the flow of it. I thought it was boring. This is like the second time or third time I've watched it in like recent oh, memory. I will give you this episode took forever. And I will say that about every episode that we have watched of season 10 so far. Yeah. 
the pacing has been dog shit. Every episode of season 10 so far has felt like an extra 20 minutes has been tacked on to it. God, yes. And you know what I think it is? I think it's because only one thing happens per episode right now. Yeah. Like, there's, I feel like there's two ways of making an episode feel really long. And that's one, uh, one is what we have in Supernatural is one major plot event happens or like the the whole thing just revolves around the a plot and nothing else happens and it's only a plot uh the whole time or you can have like the boys where there's so many things that happen in one episode that you can't believe that they crammed it all into one hour yeah fuck. but remember the boys isn't a monster of the week show the boys is dealing with you know a plot that plot has a lot yeah, of moving that's... parts, but it's not. We've we've written a monster of the week setup, and then we've got like a B and a C plot going on. That is true, but that's the thing about this episode is there really there wasn't any like B or C plots. No, really. it was just Sam and Dean going to this house in Connecticut to collect a yeah thing from like, Bobby. Yeah, this episode was all a plot, and that's why. It sucked. The only or that's why it sucked to watch. The rather. plot yeah. that he, oh, when I say that I enjoyed this episode, I was charmed by the Agatha Christie, the murder mystery as, yeah. aspects, mm-hmm. and there was a shining, a brief shining moment where I was like, oh, they're going to do a um, ten little, what's that Agatha Christie novel that has the. Based off of the super racist poem, Ten Little Indians. And then there were oh, none. Okay, and then yeah. there were none. Um, I thought they were going to do a then there were none situation where they all died except Sam and Dean. And mm. that I would have been so into, so oh, God, crazy yeah. into. Um, but alas, that didn't happen. Well, whatever. Um, there were definitely ways to make this way more interesting and it wasn't funny this episode was not humorous like at all it was no it was not humorous and it wasn't like it was fun that rich people died sure but (laughs) yeah they're not human but you know i'm just kidding it's also just eh. yeah it was it was very mid i mean i i enjoyed it but it's I wouldn't say it was, like, hilarious or Mm. that interesting. And they definitely could have made... Okay, so one of the hallmarks of murder mysteries are the twists and the turns, right? You've got your red herrings. Everybody's got a secret. Everybody's getting into everybody's business. And the detective's job is to untwist all those, you know, unknot all those knots so that everything is revealed by the end. The issue here is that Sam and Dean are not detectives. Like, they kind of are, in that the show is technically about two people doing monster research, or that's what the show used to be about. But now it's gotten caught up in, like, all this Mark of Cain BS that... 
you know, or like um, a seasonal meta plot that now when we have a Monster of the Week episode, it really feels like they're solving the mystery at the last second. And mm. then in addition to that, like we've seen shapeshifters before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like Sam and Dean didn't even really solve the murder mystery or even the mystery of who the shapeshifter was that got handed to them. The murderer revealed herself. That's pretty much the reason why, like, there is one, there is a moment I really enjoyed. And that's like when Dean is like wandering around and when he finds uh, the girl in the attic. Yeah. Like, like he like he figures out like the where the key goes and everything like that. That little sequence from like the pawn shop to that, I really enjoy that sequences of events. But what came about after that just kind of tripped onto its own face, in, in my opinion, at least, just because of like as much shit as these two have gone through. As you'd think, one of them would probably smell. Like, before the moment when Sam finds the butler dead and Dean is talking to the shifter butler, Mm -hmm. it would have been cool if, for, like, some reason, Dean figured out by himself. Or if, like, he had swapped, like, Dean finds the butler and Sam is talking to the butler, or to the shifter butler. If in that moment he had a, like, a house-esque, like, a moment of, uh... I can't think of the word, but he realizes what the fuck is going on and that it's probably a monster of some kind and the thing is right in fucking front of him. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe things don't add up or some shit like that. I really think that would have, like, made me enjoy the episode more, but just what we were given, this episode for me is way less than mid. Yeah. You know what would have been kind of going off of that? Um, You know what would have been kind of cool? And I think they could have done pretty easily, especially since they do it all the time, is if we found out that, like, Sam and Dean, and Sam and Dean were secretly, like, huge fans of, like, Poirot, Poirot or um, Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, one of those old detective shows. And then they were like, like holy crap, we're in a detective show, we're in like a perfect murder mystery setup, and then one of them was like, oh, I absolutely know the answer to all of our problems, I'm a huge fan of detective stuff, and then tries to Sherlock Holmes the mystery, but is bad at it? Yeah. Like, I think that would have been kind of funny. Or if, like, we pull it back, if this had been some sort of, like, trickster-esque episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Where, like, the monster isn't really... The the monster isn't a trickster, but it's just an element that the trickster is controlling. And, like, everything that they try just, like, fucks up. Like, uh, even if we got, like, a moment from, like, old cartoons where you step on a rake and it smacks you in the face. I mean, literally that happening along with, like, guns jamming and whatnot. That would have been dope. Fuck yeah. Like, return to form... Give us some energy, like, for Mystery Spot, you know? Yeah. You know what else would have been kind of cool? If Olivia hadn't been the murderer, but is, like, one of the red herrings. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she does act really accidentally kill Colette, Clown College Colette in the beginning. Um, yeah. Because 
you know, she hasn't been properly socialized and struggles with her morality. If we are going with the whole monsters have an innate evilness to them, blah, blah, blah. Like it's 1970s D&D or whatever, which again, I think is dumb, but whatever. Like if we're going to do it, you know, maybe commit to it or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think it would have been kind of cool if Olivia wasn't the murderer and instead was one of the red herrings. Um, which, yes, the show has done before, have a monster fake out, but, and in fact, had done earlier this season in one of the famously worst episodes of Supernatural, um, Paper Moon, but I don't know. I mean, I think it would have been kind of cool. She's an interesting character. Like, there's value to her being alive at the end of the episode, Mm -hmm. and... Because I think what Bobby did was really messed up, it would have been nice if her story had ended differently. Yeah, like, if we lean into the fact that, like, man is the true evil monster. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, if, even if, if everybody lived at the end of the episode and they let her go her own way, like without revenge and like Sam and Dean like drove her someplace and got her like a life started. Yeah. I think it would have been kind of nice if like uh, Sam had acknowledged how messed up it was what Bobby did because Bobby wants to murder an infant and then murders her dad who as far as we know was just trying to acquire his child like did he kill Lance? Is that hashtag confirmed? Because if that's true, that's very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. If we're um, Lance, who was Lance again? I've like totally lost oh. the plot on who Lance was. Lance? Bunny's a husband. Yes. Okay. No, I think the thing was that Bunny had an affair with the shapeshifter, mm-hmm. and that's who. That's who her dad was? No, so, yes, that is true. So, Olivia's dad, Olivia's the shapeshifter daughter, she, at the beginning of the episode, we're introduced to her as one of Bunny's maids, and she totally loves her mother. Bunny was completely devoted to her, and we find out actually, like, left everything. Well, the entire episode, we are led to believe that Olivia is just a normal maid until the very end when she reveals that she hated the family because they all hated Bunny because none of them actually like each other. Um, The family being like, you know, vague relations to Bunny, right? Like her grandnephew was there, Um, her Mm -hmm. brother, uh, two, how were the women related to her? Oh, time to go to SupernaturalWiki.com. I think they were also her daughters or something. Yeah, or sisters or something. Yeah, I think the older lady was a sister, and the like the lady who kept like hitting on Sam and Dean. I think yeah. was her daughter. Uh, they both. No, Olivia was the only hashtag confirmed daughter because like everybody was like Olivia had kids Hmm. so they weren't her daughters but they were related to Bunny in some way and Hmm. you know they're like shit talking her and they're just there for her money etc etc and they've been bled dry none of them are actually rich anymore Um, they're loaded but not rich the butler says Uh, 
Oh, yeah. And, uh, but basically, so Olivia's born. She's taken from the hospital by Lance and Bunny, right? And then when she's home from the hospital as an infant, Olivia's real dad shows up and gets into a fight with Lance. Now, Lance isn't able to fight off the shapeshifter, which, like, fair, but Bobby gets there and kills the shapeshifter dad. Now, Lance died before Bunny did, but are we meant to understand that the shapeshifter killed Lance? I don't think so. No. Yeah. I I think Bobby just killed the shapeshifter, and then Lance died... Sometime later. Yeah. And then Bobby is about to kill a baby, right? And Bunny is like, hey, please don't kill my daughter. And uh, Bobby's like, all right, I won't kill this child. Um, in exchange, you have to lock up your daughter in the attic, like her entire life, attic. And she tells all this to Sam, and Sam's like, but Bobby spared your life. You should be grateful. Sam, buddy, she was a baby. She hadn't done anything yet. He was going to murder a literal infant because of what she was. That is so messed up. It's incredibly fucked up. And I wish the show had, like, examined that a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. But they don't really. Well, they examined it in the same fucking way they examined Dean shooting the fucking shifter too many fucking times. Yeah. Half-assed. We just kind of gloss over it, honestly. Yeah. The Okay, so I will say Jared Padalecki's, Padalecki's acting says that Sam finds it disturbing what Bobby did. Because <laughs> he definitely makes some faces. But the mm-hmm. text states that Sam agrees that Bobby did the right thing and thinks Olivia is acting irrationally now. He does say to her, Hey, Olivia, you don't have to do this. Being a monster is a choice. And Olivia says, That choice was made for me. And she's not completely wrong. She was locked up her oh, entire yeah, absolutely. life. Like, that's really messed up. Yeah. And then her mother's plans for her post-death was to have Bobby take care of her. Mom, what are you doing, Bunny? The worst. That's what she said. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's just kind of sad. Yeah. So, what did you think about uh, Hetty and Beverly? Are their names the two milfs? Um, I mean, I thought they. I mean, they were just they could have been lampshades. Yep. To be honest, they were just there to flirt with Sam and yep. Dean. Yep. Specifically, Sam. I think. So. And they hit on Dean by accident when like Sam keeps shutting her down. Oh, yeah. Supernatural wiki, Older Women Love Sam. Um, SupernaturalWiki.com says their cousins to Bunny LaCroix and Beverly and Hetty are sisters. Um, Hetty was the one with the short hair, and Beverly was the one who kept being like, 
Hey, Sam. Uh, you know what we can do in 10 minutes? Guess what they can do in 10 minutes. Um, Scrabble? Uh, record an episode of a podcast talking about this episode. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And Dean is still having Bark of Cain feelings. And we know that because he shoots Olivia too many times. Um, and threatens Dash, who is Bunny's grandnephew in Harvard Business School. And also uh, fucking... Amber, who is his, I don't know, one relation's wife. Uh, the relation dies. He's one of Olivia's victims. His name is Stan- his name was Stanton. He's dead now. Mm. He was married to a much. Oh yeah, he's the guy that got yep, beheaded, he was right? Married to a much younger woman. That was kind of dope. I feel like we haven't seen a good violent death on Supernatural. Yeah, in a while. you know it has yes. been a minute. It's been a minute since we got some head watching this show. I mean, last episode, none of the, nobody actually died. They all just kept getting kidnapped. Yeah. 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 Which I feel like in an episode that involves that many kids, you can't kill a whole lot you of people. You can't kill them, Todd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking Todd. Supernatural has definitely killed kids before. The pussification of they supernatural. They have. The pussification of supernatural continues. Yep. What a shame. Indeed. What a shame. What a crock of shit. What a crock of shit. Um. You know what? Okay, so this is pre-episode talk. Uh. But we were talking about cozy games and, like, the difference. And I would actually say that some cozy games can handle very serious issues. So, yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, Night in the Night Woods. Night in the Woods. Stardew Valley has a lot of, like, yeah. NPCs that are dealing with some very serious stuff. Like, alcoholics and all that mm-hmm. jazz. I would, and, you know, poverty and yada, yada, yada. I would say that cozy games also not an example of... The Pacific, I mean, not necessarily an example of that, because one, it's its own genre, and two, um, they can deal with serious issues, and they can be difficult. I mean, anyone who's played Stardew Valley knows that that fishing mini game is no joke. Anyways, sorry, back to Supernatural. This is one of those nothing episodes where there's just really not a whole lot to say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like like I said earlier, this episode is a hundred percent a plot. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing else going on, and it it eventually made the episode just feel flat because it was like, oh, this is all we're yeah. doing. But I mean, like to its credit, it is hard to do a mystery where it's just the murder mystery. Actually, no, it's not. Psych did it every single week, and um, Agatha Christie did it for years. Murder she wrote. Yeah. I mean, Murder She Wrote got a little squirrely at the end, but it was it went strong for a long time. Uh, Law and Order. Hmm. Yeah. Literally every other procedural crime drama. All the alphabets of L- Law and Order shows. Yeah. All of yeah. the uh, USA Network, where it's like he's a detective, but he's got something going on, like pretending to be a psychic or. Having 
uh, severe OCD or being a doctor in the house sense <laughs> and that yeah. he's house from house. House man. House man. Dr. House man. Um, but yeah, no, there's definitely uh, like, yeah, this was all a plot and you're, I mean, you're right, Travis, the pacing was uh, absolute dog shit. This is an episode that just had a really weird streamlined thing going on and like one or two kind of charming moments yeah and a little mystery maybe i didn't like this episode it it has its ups and downs i i feel like it starts strong with the premise and then it it loses itself halfway through it it just runs out of steam but then we still gotta get to the end did this episode have themes because usually, mm. usually an episode the of Supernatural themes. has like a lesson the brothers need to earn by the le- by the end, but here they're pretty much. I don't know. They're just like wow. fine. They're just fine. Yeah. They're not even fighting this episode, or like dealing with the aftermath of a fight. Hmm. They barely deal with the mark of Cain. I mean, Dean acts totally normal and then shoots up Olivia a whole bunch and threatens Dash. And then they leave and Sam mentions it and Dean's like, whatever, I'm fine. I'm okay, Sam. It's my first kill since I've been back. You don't need to worry about me, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, Dean. Sam. Dean, I'm worried about you because you shot that shifter a bunch and then you just threatened a, 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 a wasp, Dean. Yeah. Fuck wasps. Technically, we're wasps, Dean. <laughs> They're just New England wasps, which is its own sometimes worse breed. You know, I'll give you one more... Um, charming moment from this episode that I did enjoy. Okay. It's when uh, Sam and Dean first get to the the estate, if you will, and the, the butler's like, who the fuck are you guys? And Sam's like, oh, we're here on uh, behalf of our surrogate father, uh, Bobby Singer. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah, that was good. So, yeah, they don't know that, like, a Monster of the Week mystery is going on. They show up there, and, um... Yeah, Dean thinks it's beer money. Sam thinks it's yeah. anything that's not beer money. Yeah, they show up there because Bobby's been named in Bunny's will. But th- what he's been named is caretaker of Olivia, and the only thing he receives is a key. The only thing the brothers receive is a key, and they're like, oh, it's got uh-huh. jewels in it. It must be worth a lot of money. And then it's all of those jewels are fake. And like, that's like a running gag throughout the episode is that these are super hyper rich people and they don't have real silver, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was. Yeah, pretty that good. was. Pretty yeah. Good. I will say one other charming moment I liked is that. Uh, so Colette, the maid from the beginning who Olivia accidentally like scared to falling off the railing and toward to her death. 
um, Philip the butler, who was very devoted to Olivia and was devoted to Bunny, um, hides Colette's body and tells everyone that she's run away to clown college. And when the family shows up, they're like, oh, what happened to the other maid? And Philip goes, oh, she's gone off to find herself. And one of the rich, rich people is like, ah, going on a spiritual journey in India. And Philip goes, no, Clown College in Sarasota. And the family member goes, of course, that makes sense. And there's a couple reasons why I like that little exchange. <laughs> One, fuck you, Philip. Like, you could have said her mom was sick and she had to go home for the weekend. Or that she was she was sick. Or literally anything. Or that she quit and just decided to leave without a two weeks notice but instead you came up with like something super weird and embarrassing yeah you little weirdo like what second of Fucking all there's nothing embarrassing about clown okay. college travis we've talked about this i support clowns and all of their travis, i need you to take off the clown shoes remove the red nose they're never going to accept you you're not one of them Absolutely not. You are only not. spiritually a clown. <laughs> not literally. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, buddy. <laughs> oh my god. Damn. I'm putting that on a rare insults list somewhere. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I could contribute. Um, okay. But, also, uh, two, the Richie Rich Lady is like, Hey, um, Clown College actually makes sense. It's a great soul, like soul finding experience, which I love. It is. I think that implies that she's gone to Clown College. Yeah, maybe and she I, has. I love that. I think that's great. Clown College is a legitimate, accredited <laughs> university. Actually, I don't. I don't think they have Clown College anymore. I think there is. Let's see. There, there might be one, but I think most of the clown colleges closed in like 2011 or something. I. We got clown school. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I don't think there are any more clown colleges, because I think, I think we've gotten rid of clowns. We have not gotten rid of the clowns. Is big. Go on, go on, quit, go on Twitter.com and search the word "clussy." Damn you will right. see we have not gotten rid of clowns. Okay. Also, uh, I thought you were making I'm looking a much at more tasteful joke about like you can go to Twitter.com and just see a bunch of clowns out in the wild. Womp, womp. Um, yeah. You can, but you can also see the clussy. I don't want to see any yeah. clussy. Hey, buddy, no clussy. Okay. No. Boo. None. I, not even Can a little you name bit. One professional working clown who exists today, like in the great tradition of clowns. You know what I mean? Um, I've seen them on TikTok. You haven't seen shit. I you have. I watched a whole fourteen-part tutorial on how to use red seen noses. Nothing. Okay. Are they working for a circus? And I'm telling you. We got rid of clowns. There are no more clowns. Clowns clowns can be independent contractors. Clowns. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is clowns have gone indie? 
we don't have yeah. yeah. There's no more clown colleges. Yeah. We've gotten. Re- we've, there's no more. There's clown. no more big clown. We're. <laughs> oh, actually. <laughs> That's what they want you to think. Big clown is running everything. All right. Let's, let's look see. up uh, clown college near me. Hmm? There's a, there's an article of like the top ten clown colleges in America. All right. Well, we don't. It was published in 2016. Okay. I'm also looking at that article. Nice, a great, a historically a great time for clowns. Uh, that is true. Remember when all those clowns were just coming out of the woods and like brandishing knives at people? Those were not real clowns. Those were yeah, those on. were imitators. Have y'all, and, if, have were y'all they wearing the... the clown outfit? Were they bringing joy to millions of people across the an world? An outfit does not make I'm the clown. Sure. So they weren't bringing Sir, joy. Excuse me. An outfit a clown does not make. Foolery? Because I'm going to go ahead and say, right here, right now, they were clowns. Hey, <laughs> clowning is independent now. We've gotten rid of big clown, Travis. Down yeah, Perot up with wrinkles. Gotten rid of big clown. Okay, so you, according to did y'all watch that? According to what? Sorry. According to Clowns Without Borders, um, which I assume is some sort of clown uh, nonprofit that also goes to impoverished countries to uh, cure diseases. <laughs> um, part doctor, part clown. Uh, this clown, this blog is a resource for those who dream about clowning. We've listed some top clown schools in the U.S. If you've been considering seeking formal training, we hope that these schools may inspire you. Okay, so there's Del Art International, located in Blue Lake, California. So if you want to go ahead and look that up, I'm curious about the, uh, the tuition for these places. It's probably bananas or peanuts. There's also Center for Movement Theater. Celebration Barn Theater. That one's in rural Maine. Pig Iron. Circus Center. And that's it. I'm going to read the Clowns Without Borders Code of Ethics. Please do. Did y'all watch the documentary on Hulu, Wrinkles the Clown? Uh, no. No. That motherfucker's creepy as hell. Like, you could hire him to scare like scare the piss out of your kids for, like, not a whole lot of money. And, like, the guy interviews him over the phone. Holy God. It's worth watching if you have Hulu, but Jesus... And this guy gets hired to play children's parties? Oh, no. He gets hired to, like, in in the documentary, it shows footage of him, like, creeping out. Like, when I say that he is hired to scare these kids, I mean he is hired to traumatize these kids. Like, in one footage, or, like, one, like, stretcher footage, uh, he is in the drawer under this little kid's bed, and he kind of, like, works his way out to scare them. Why does he do this? Why is he hired to do this? To scare the kids straight. Oh. I hate that. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a lot to unpack there, but we should just burn the whole suitcase instead. 
Darn dude. Travis, read out the clown, the clowns without borders ethos. Um, there's a lot of them, so I'll, I'll just read out some that, that are a little short. Participants will hold a fundamental objective to better the situation of children who live in crisis situations, whatever type, conflict, natural disaster, social inequalities, etc., in any part of the world. Um, participants, when choosing the contents of their performances and workshops, will consider the sensibilities of the, of the audience, taking into account the culture as well as the delicate local situation. Um... Participants will remain vigilant and attentive that the name, logo, and identity of Clowns Without Borders will not be used as a vehicle for remuneration. Um, uh, uh, The main beneficiaries of Clowns Without Borders tours are children living in, in situations of crisis. When off of there, and there has a double asterisk, um... Oh, um, when off of their work, a participant will make no distinction between children for reasons of race, age, religion, culture, social situation, or any other categorization. So this seems like a good, um, seems like a good organization to clown for. That's nice. I like that. Participants remain clowns and artists during performances and in contact with the public. This is the sole method with which they express and experience the, the validity of their actions. So like you can't can't break character. Yeah, yeah. can't break in, character. Can't break it's costume. Like a, it's like you, it's like when you're a furry, you can't just uh, take a you can't just take your head off in the middle of a room. Or when you're yeah. working for Disney. Yeah, definitely you're, not that. You're, or those... you're pretending to be a Chip from Rescue Rangers. Like that's who you are. Chip and Dale. Have you're both of have them. Y'all, have y'all seen this stuff? Uh, the Japan or the Japanese mascots for like everything. Uh, yeah. For, like small towns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it like it's to that level that you're talking about for this clown college or clown group. Uh, but it's also societally prohibited to like take off the person's like head or anything. Like you're supposed to treat them as they are the thing that they are like dressed up as. Wow. Like uh, you've probably seen the video of like the apple dragon dude on the drums just like playing his foot or the cat the cat apple guy just playing his heart out on the drums and shit mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like you're supposed to treat him as he's like a, a a cat possessing an apple and playing the drums like amazingly you're supposed to just treat him like a cartoon character i kind of love shit like that yeah um it seems like clowns without borders their whole deal is like kind of a, a patch adams deal mm-hmm. where it's like all about the healing power of laughter and it's like laughter is good to participate in yeah, yeah. and it's good to try to make people laugh um especially when children are in times of crisis I love that. um do you guys want to hear some trivia about the episode we just watched hell yeah absolutely okay, get ready because it's fascinating Um, the guy who played Philip, the butler, previously appeared in season one, episode Faith, as Roy La- LaGrange. Oh. And Doug Abrams, who plays Detective Howard, Howard, previously played Eddie the bus driver in Supernatural After School Special, which was the high school episode during season four. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
there are multiple references to the board game Clue in the movie Clue. I'm about to fall asleep just reading these. Found throughout (laughs) the episode. Uh, Dean refers to two of the arguing family members as Mrs. Peacock and Colonel Mustard. Each of the weapons are found... We've lost Dory. Okay, Uh I'm awake. Sorry. Um... Yeah, and that's pretty much all the rest of that is. Uh, damn it, I was hoping somebody actually got murdered. What, like on set during yeah. filming? Oh. that Yeah, that would have been cool. At some point yeah. during little, the episode. A little mur- murder mystery within a murder know, I love mystery. That. A little French mistake, if you will. Um, at some point during the episode, Sam and Dean are each shown picking up a rope, lead pipe, knife, wrench, or pistol, which are all murder weapons from the game Clue. So that's actually, that was pretty cool. That's pretty dope. Yeah, I saw. I did see Dean pick up that um, pick up that mm-hmm. wrench, and I was like, "Nice, hell yeah!" Because <laughs> it was a fucking clue ass murder wrench. There was there was no way that it was for anything else. Mm. Oh, can I go ahead and say talk about this weird moment at the beginning of the episode that I kind of was like, "Huh, that's kind of a weird moment at the beginning of the episode," and then move past immediately. So. What's that? The first scene with Sam and Dean, Sam is getting coffee, and he mentions that the coffee is individually oh. brewed, and it's also flavored, specifically glazed donut flavored, which would imply that it's not just, like, drip coffee, but a an espresso drink of some kind, mm. specifically, like, a Starbucks latte situation, I'm guessing. And Dean says, when Sam hand, hands him this small coffee cup says real man don't drink cups this small and then dean sniffs it and says what is this cinnamon roll and sam goes uh it's glazed donut this is clearly supposed to be a comedy beat but i can't tell what the um joke here is for two reasons Because right after that, Sam's like, oh, if you don't want it, I'll drink it. And Dean's like, no, I'll go ahead and drink it. And I think the joke here is supposed... Okay, so is the joke supposed to be, ha ha, Dean's toxic masculinity is funny? Or is it supposed to be, ha ha, Dean puts on a masculine air, but at the end of the day, he enjoys the coffee? I think that's the... I think that's the joke. I... I can I can definitely see it both mm-hmm. ways. I prefer the second thing you said. I prefer the second thing I said too, and I do kind of think that's what they were going for, but I don't think the joke works for me. I don't think it lands. Um, it, it lands poorly. Yeah it, yeah, it 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 definitely is more of like a. It landed like that flight from the boys. There we go. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I. I think it's I think the real sin here is, you know, they don't really commit to the rule of threes. Like at no other point in the episode do we see Dean kind of enjoy the frou-frou side of things, right? I think maybe some reputation would have helped the joke land. Like he gets the fancy house and there's this really nice coffee or like an espresso machine and Dean's like, We gotta get one of those for the bunker or something. Um and then, you know, rule of threes you have to have a third moment that's similar. I'm imagining mm-hmm. he finds a dead body in the kitchen, stops to brew a pot of coffee or whatever. 
you know, takes a cold glazed donut latte, heats it up in the microwave, blah, blah, blah. Um, I also think Jensen Ackles acting could have been a little hammier here. And I think maybe that would have gotten what the joke was supposed to be across. Um, but as yeah. it stands now, just kind of a weird moment that falls flat. And I just want to talk about it. it it's, I remember th- watching it and thinking, it's like, God damn, bro, just enjoy the coffee. Like, you could be like, oh, shit, is this espresso? Like, which is like, I think it's, I don't know the caffeine differential between espresso and coffee, but I think espresso is like, what, three or four times as strong as coffee? Yeah, espresso is way, way more caffeinated than coffee. And then in addition to that, like, I know hunters, at least in America, tend to be very, like, um, how do I say this, conservative-coded? Like, they're the working class redneck that loves Trump and Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Um, And America, too. And, yeah. Uh, Except instead of hating, you know, immigrants, they hate monsters, right? Like, that's what the main difference is between your average conservative American and a hunter. That's some amazing discourse yeah. that like if you swap out uh I don't want to finish that sentence or that thought, but yeah, holy shit. I'm not trying to say that Eric Kripke wrote monsters as a metaphor for anyone who's othered in society in particular immigrants that's not what i'm saying here but what i'm saying is that like hunters are kind of fantastic racist they've got a little bit of fantasy racism going on in their blanket hatred of monsters which the show does tackle but then has episodes like this where bobby wants to kill a baby and that is just completely glossed (laughs) over Kind of like if I found out that my dad wanted to kill a baby, I would definitely pause a little bit. I would be like, "Whoa, I have not seen this side of you, and it's weirding me out." Yeah, and and then you would be like, "I'll take the top half." Yeah, <laughs> and then I'd be like, "Awesome, another thing we can do together." I was worried we were growing apart, um, but still, it's there's a lot to unpack there. Uh. So it makes sense that Dean would be like, I don't like any of this espresso shit, especially since like a long running joke in America is that, you know, real hardworking Americans like their coffee black and their country jingoistic. But there's a huge espresso culture in Europe. So uh, I don't know. I feel like the joke I thought you were going to make was like, hunters like their coffee black and their fellow citizens not. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In the arms of Oh, fuck. Anyways, do you guys want to hear some reviews of this episode? Let's see how the Supernatural fans felt about this episode. Your average IMDb reviewer. Uh, I'm going to start with the highest rated uh, one. So there's not a lot of reviews on this episode. Shockingly. Hmm. A funny riff on Clue, comma, murder mystery, period. 
This isn't the most original or serious episode, but it has a goofy charm of having the Winchesters rubbing elbows with some wasps. The fish out of water social satire works, and I'll never get tired of Sam having to play nice with an older woman. It is also a fun game to spot all the reference to Clue. Overall, I give this my seal of approval. 9 out of 10. Really? Yeah. Hmm. A fucking nine? I mean, I can definitely see people giving every episode of Supernatural a nine. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Do you want to hear the lowest rated review? Yes. Have the makers of the show ever met a real-life mature woman who wasn't hornier than a 17-year-old Catholic schoolgirl? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. The answer to that question is no. Every single older woman on this show since season one has had a major case of mid-level overflow from either Sam, Dean, or both. Really, I challenge anyone to name a single supporting mature elderly female character, Ellen, who is not either blatantly hitting on their brothers or actually groping them. Recurring characters like Ellen don't count. All right, fine. Because uh, they are usually more developed. You know what? I don't think, you know what? No, Ellen does count does count as a single supporting mature slash elderly female character she's not elderly she's mature um who's mm. not either blatantly hitting on the brothers or actually groping them because she never does that even once it doesn't matter that she's more developed sucker oh yeah. and also missouri mosley hmm. punk um oh a uh, seven out of ten i think <laughs> that's <Yep>. the lowest <laughs> fuck jesus yep. christ Let's go write a 1 out of 10 review for okay. this episode so then we can be it's the lowest. Boring. The pacing was bad. It had kind of a charming thing um, and it wasted it. All right, bye. Yeah, boom. I think I think this IMDb reviewer underestimates how horny middle-aged women mm. can be. And that's misogynistic yeah. of them. <laughs> Who's the real problem here? <laughs> It's you, Mads Martinison. Mads, not Mickelson. There are just a shit ton of horny women on Supernatural, though, and I do think it is kind of weird. Like, yeah. I, think that's, I mean, I don't know. I've never been in the physical presence of Sam and Dean, so maybe that, like, they just have that effect. Like, maybe when you just see super hot people, you instantly become a horn dog. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Jensen Ackles and yeah, Al, maybe. though. Oof. I mean, oof, am I right? Oof. I know. Letting that beard and hair grow out and just fanning. I mean, goddamn. Soldier Boy is attractive, is what I'm saying. Soldier Man. He really uh, is. Yeah, fuck. Okay. I think he's got a similar look on whatever other show that he's being on right now. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Big Sky? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's looking pretty nice on there mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jensen, Jensen Doobie looking All right, fine. I have two more little reviews that I want to read, uh, just because I think one of them is super short and kind of funny, and then the other one has something interesting. All right, here's the short one. A twist and caricatures. 
This episode clearly had a comedic tone to it, but not much comedy. There was a good mystery here. 8 out of 10. <laughs> uh, <Yep>. okay. <laughs> I agree with half of your review. <laughs> Alright, and here is the final review I'll be reading tonight. This is from Dana JS24, and it's titled, Eh. An episode that seemed like a giant clue game. They went through each of the weapons pretty obviously, but I'm not sure there if there was any mention of the rooms, like the study and everything. Seemed a bit like a filler episode, unfortunately centered around a shifter, whose group has already had like three to four episodes just on them, which means they're only going to get worse if they continue to throw shifters at us. I can't believe they've actually run out of different monsters to take care of, and even if they have, what stops shows on the same channel from having crossovers? Maybe the CW should throw some metahumans in, or some vampires from the Vampire Diaries. I love it when Arrow and the Flash had crossover episodes, and they always seem to be rated in the 9 to 10 range. 8 out of 10. So, what CW show would you have given a supernatural crossover to? Flash. You were absolutely correct. Um, uh, I was going to say Legends of Tomorrow. You are also correct. I'm going to say Riverdale. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Is there a bad answer? Mm. The originals? Um, Maybe. Charmed. That could still be fun, though. Yeah, Charmed could be fun. Yeah, it would. It would be the first good episode oh, of Charmed. Oof. Bam. <laughs> Kaboom. Yeah, I fucking said it. Um. And everyone agreed. Uh, I. What are What are other CW shows? The One Hundred. Is that a CW show? It is show? a CW show. Yeah. We should absolutely is- do the One Hundred. Oh, the 1400 or whatever the hell it is the one where like they disappear or is that the 100 the four, uh the 4400 4, I don't think that's a CW show no it didn't start out on the CW it might have ended up there um yeah it looks like you're right yeah the 100 is like a sci-fi show I guess the 4400 is also technically a sci-fi show But the 4400 was more like a lost piggyback than yeah. anything else. I have no memories of the 4400 other than a vague recollection of what it was about. I, I just remember it was it was a show my mom watched yeah. for a little mm-hmm. bit. I remember when it came out and I remember being like, this is a show. And then just being never more in- just done. Just not interested. Yeah, like I always saw like advertisements yeah. for it, but it always looked bad. And I think better versions of that show came out later on. Better versions of that show were already out. It was lost. Yeah. You know. Oh, no, I'm talking like a, the Mist and um, God. There was another couple of good ones, like the first half of Wayward Pines. But any hoozle. So I'm gonna say this. I think we've talked this episode out. 
I think we've even stretched it further than it can realistically go. I mean, I think we're done. I think we're done here. Yeah. There wasn't a a lot there. And I'm really looking forward to the next episode because it can only go up from here. Mm -hmm. Can it? Particularly because the next episode introduces one of my favorite late season characters. Ooh. Now I'm interested. Mm -hmm. So, Travis, the next episode of uh-huh. Supernatural is called Girls, Girls, Girls. What is it about? Wait a second. Wait a mm-hmm. second. Sam and Dean. I know what this is. It's the gender swap episode I've been wanting oh all my along. God. I wish. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> all right, take us through your gender swap episode, Travis. <laughs> um, Sam and Dean wake up to find that they're women. And then they go through the whole episode having people be misogynistic to them even people that they've known for what about years Cass? is he a woman too uh Cass no uh, because Cass doesn't have a gender oh, well, fair enough um Supernatural's black like me episode hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much except with gender instead of race yeah. well uh I think Boy Meets World did that and they I think we're uh, reference that article as well or that story. Johnny Bravo did a gender swap Johnny episode where he learns uh, how shitty women are treated. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what else? What else happens? Oh, that's um, not for you to decide, bud. Yeah. Mm. Is that it? Yeah, get get back get I'll I'll do I'll do my homework and I'll I'll have a full <laughs> I'll have a full episode layout for you, you know, next time. I'm so excited. This is the energy everything deserved the today. You know what I mean? Like this episode <laughs> us hostess fruit pies, the pussification <laughs> of video games. This is what today needed. Pickles. Pickles. No, yeah. pickles, pickles. better. Pickles deserve, pickles deserve better. better. Hell yeah. yeah! When we're done here, I'm gonna make myself one of those pickle oh martinis. Oh my god, it sounds so God damn. so freaking good. Because I definitely have enough pickle juice. Yeah, you do. All right. Well, Travis, I don't know if that's gonna happen next week, but if it does, we'll talk about it on Hey Ass Butt. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more, check out our socials at Hadcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, Ask But a Supernatural Podcast on Facebook. We've also got a Patreon where for $3 a month you can support the show and listen to the other show we do. Um, Let's Shag Ass. Where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are in fact not supernatural. We also... Da-da-da-da have a discord which you can join for one dollar a month um come say hi share some memes uh share some supernatural desires some fun facts even um yeah thank you so much for listening until next time have fun and don't die bye <laughs>